ladies and gentlemen, friends and family around the world, welcome back to the bottom tier. I am Greg. I'm Matt. And we are super, super thrilled to be here with you yeah, again today. <laughs> Stop that. Stop that. Yeah. You're, you're teasing the people. Oh. Uh, look out for the bottom tier uh, blooper reel coming soon to a YouTube near you. Um, so, Matt, <laughs> how you doing, man? It's good to see you. I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm tired. I'll, t- I'll tell you the truth. I'm pretty wiped out today. I know. It's been an exhaustingly long day. It really has been. Mm-hmm. It really has been. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we did get to play some games before before here. We did. Had a great time. Yeah. Cracked some uh, some brand new packs. Played a little uh played a little sealed. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a been a minute. Uh I mean, that's the skirmish season, right? So it's good to get some practice in, kind of learn how to do that and especially when the card gods aren't in your favor and want to <laughs> just give both of us the bottom tier. It's garbage. Keep it just in the name. absolute you know? garbage. We, uh, we definitely live what we preach, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we still are the bottom tier. We'll probably be bottom tier forever. That's okay. Yeah. We're having fun. We're having a great time. Awesome. If one of us wins, though, I mean, that's great. And hopefully one day we will be there. If, if one awesome. of us wins, then we kind of even out to like... Mid-tier. The mid tier, exactly. Oh, well, well, you'll see a name change and confetti fly and everything like that. Bottom tier podcast. We're finally mid tier. Mid tier. <sighs> yeah. Yay. We should tell like our friends who are actually top tier to have a top tier podcast, and then we compete to who becomes mid tier. You know. Right. If they lose enough, <laughs> or if we win enough, and then we just you know we're, we're the scrappy underdogs at that point. Then yeah. we just we just use this entire podcast then to just make fun of them. Right. Right. Yeah. And they pretend not to notice because they're top tier and they're so much better than us and everything. <laughs> but uh, but they know. They know. They, they know. feel it. Well, Greg, what are we talking about today? Well, Matt, I had a couple of things I wanted to talk about today, but let's you know let's start off with uh, with our big topic. Let's talk about. Flesh and blood rule sets because you know, saying rule set to somebody, like especially if they're not familiar with different formats and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, um, can be a little bit confusing. And when you first start playing flesh and blood, you know, you go into your local or your online on Amazon, you see these pre constructed blitz decks. What the heck's a blitz? Yeah, so you buy one and you get going, and you realize that blitz is just the entry level, blitz is just your beginning. Yeah. After that, you have a lot of other options. So I, I wanted to, especially after our deck building conversation last week, which shameless plug, if you haven't checked that out yet, guys, go check it out right after this. Uh, is kind of piggybacking off of that, yeah. I wanted to talk about you know the different formats in the game so far. Um, kind of just walk through some of the differences, sort of you know what they're geared towards, and uh, and get your thoughts on a couple of them. Sound like a plan? That sounds awesome. I love that. Awesome. So let's let's start out with what basically everybody plays the first time. Let's start with Blitz. Yeah, Blitz. I think you nailed it right as you mentioned it. Is Blitz is a very good barrier entry because that's what Flesh and Blood or Legend Studios kind of have put it as, where they've made their pre-constructed Blitz decks. You can go buy one and do that. But Blitz is where it's young heroes, twenty health, and you have four intellect except for. Data doll, which oh, is poor Data doll. Three intellect, but I tw- still maintain that she could be tops if somebody could build her right. I think so. I really do. And Blitz is a really fun format because they do have a lot more heroes accessible for Blitz that are young that do different things like KO, Data doll, all that type of stuff. Uh, and it's a forty card limit, and you're only allowed to have two of each card uh, inside your deck, not like uh, like doubles. But it also is pitch value, so you can have two red, two yellow, two blue of that card type in there. 
And that's kind of like the basic rules. You're able to use whatever equipment that's legendary and above, and that's that's pretty much Blitz. And and it's pretty solid, right? It's a great little introductory format um, to start playing on. And it's also a really solid format for high-level play as well because it tends to be you know a little faster-paced, a little quicker. Um, a, a, a lot of people, and we'll get into this a little bit more later possibly, um, a lot of people are saying that it's very aggro-heavy meta right now it and is, everyone's yeah. trying to you know just deal damage fast. Um, but especially in Blitz, you're rewarded for playing aggressively or for playing mid-tempo effectively. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I think, where most people are most comfortable starting out as. Um, not to say that aggro or mid-tempo you know, don't require strategy and forethought, mm-hmm. but it is a heck of a lot easier to just get a handful of cards, play the cards, and kind of move on than really like mastering like a, a control type strategy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I, I generally do think that it's a great uh, way to like play that fast route. Like everyone is going really fast. Like you see games only last about two rounds or like going with both hands going through twice. Some people uh, have seen a one turn knockout on certain occasions, You've which is one really, turn knocked out me before I have, but that yeah. was with KO and that's, that's a very it's literally in the name luck deck. Yeah, it is. It's a very luck based deck. So like you see a lot of fun things that way, but I don't, I don't agree with it being the barrier to entry anymore because when you first get started in this game, you go buy a pre-constructed blitz deck and you go like, Oh look, there's a blitz tournament happening Saturday. I should go participate with my blitz deck because everyone will be playing this blitz deck. You know, Yep. that's not, that's not the case. It's Everyone has the modified case. their deck and oh, everybody yeah. has legendary equipment and you're going to get really smoked because of that. You're a hundred percent going to get yeah. wrecked. And so I, I don't know if it's the base like level anymore, but uh, it is a very good start to start building towards right off the bat because you already have a core part of the cards. Then you just need to worry about buying the equipment like the spring tunics and all that stuff to be able to add to that. And deck. your class and talent specific yeah. stuff. But for just starting out, 10 to $15 on a blitz deck, you're playing in five minutes. Yep. Piece of cake. Very easy. Piece of cake. Evening that out a little bit, if we look sort of, I guess, down the tier, if we're going that yeah. way, um, we have what is probably my favorite format. I don't know about you. Yeah. Uh, but Commoner. Commoner. Which is just a heck of a lot of fun. Commoner, I would say, well, that's what I was bringing up, is the barrier entry like thing that you could be able to... Grab cards cheaply and be able to play competitively and with everyone else because everybody is forced to be even with you with those common cards. It, it smooths out the potential advantages you get from higher power cards. Yep. When everyone has to play in the same pool and you all kind of know what you can construct based upon what hero you're playing, it becomes more a game of skill. Not entirely. Like, like in any game like this, when you're shuffling cards and you're dealing and you have to respond to another person, there's always going to be an element of luck in there, of chance, of all that sort of thing. Um, but really being able to take those common cards, to take the ones that everybody knows and that everybody can utilize easily. Because like a lot of these cards, like they're worth what? Like one to three cents? Yeah. Like, like they're they're not even worth the cardboard they're printed on basically. Yep. Um, so it's really easy to get into it. Um, especially if you have a friend who will give you a box full of bulk. Um, yeah. So super <laughs> easy to get into it. Um, and it, it really, it gives you the opportunity to really hone the skill without having to worry about dropping a thousand dollars on all the highest tier stuff. Yeah. And what's cool is what I realized being in the community for a couple months now is I actually have a lot of fun because I have a lot of bulk to be able to make com like, commoner decks that I think are okay and be like, Hey, you want to get into this game? And just instead of having my friend go pay $10, they can have a test run with commoner and like a day enjoy. I just give them the deck. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and I know it doesn't feel bad or anything like that. And they are able to now come and play sometimes. If you're in an area that does run commoner, uh, if not, you can find stuff online that plays commoner too. But you're able to invite them out to come play with you at tournaments and they feel good. And then they can start building up slowly towards the blitz and the C- the classic constructed. And then really honestly, like I have so much, let's just like common bulk just laying around yeah. not doing anything with It's nice to, you know, get somebody into it and then also free up some more space for me. Cause really after you crack a box or two, you're drowning in common. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like uprising. Like I just have, I can make buy Icelander Jermai for days, you know? Yeah. So it's, it makes a lot of sense to be able to do that. It's a really fun format. And I'd, it's one I think should get uh, a little bit more love. Uh, I think that could be fun to be able to see in a skirmish se- season, have commoner uh, as that, but it makes sense of why they want the premium cards there. Cause that's the serious players that want to compete. And everything exactly. Too. And speaking of the premium cards and the serious players, let's talk about the tippy top. Classic. The formats. Classic constructed. Yes. For right now, I guess, because uh, we're going to have an even more tippy-top meta slash format here eventually um, with CC Living Legend. Yeah, of course. Um, But we're not going to talk about that right now because nobody's doing it right now. No. So, uh, Classic Constructed. Matt, tell us a little bit about CC. Classic Constructed is what Flesh and Blood was made on. So Classic Constructed is the original format of playing Flesh and Blood. And so that was the original intent of the game was 60 card decks to 80, 60 to 80. You kind of have that range and you're able to play three of each card, including like the color or so. It's like you can have three red, three yellow, three blue of the same card if you'd like. Uh, Legendary equipment, you can do the full suite and then you can just have up to 80 cards, sideboard cards, all that stuff. But it needs at least to be 60 cards in your deck to be able to play. You flip the young hero over to the adult hero. It's 40 health instead of 20, uh, except unless you're playing Icelander, which is 38 and Kano 430. And then you uh, you play. You play for an hour and, and see who wins. That one's a longer format. And I people will argue is the best format. And, and it's because Flesh and Blood made it that way, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think it's my personal favorite is because it really is the the like long game of like, okay, like I have 40 health. That's a lot of health. It's I can take health. I can take some really big hits to be able to deal out even bigger hits. And that's kind of how people play, especially with how we saw with Phi. Uh, Phi was able to do a lot of damage really fast, except he did too much damage for classic instructed. So they had to ban his tools. So, so. we nerfed him a little bit, yeah. uh, which, you know, happens. And we'll, and we'll talk about, you know, yeah, uh, the stubby elephant excited, in the room, excited, yeah. right uh, here in a few minutes, but uh, but yeah, CC is really like it's 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 the traditional sort of trading card game format and the traditional sort of trading card ga- uh, f- game format, you know, style um, with all of the accoutrement that goes around with that. Um, I've never been as big a fan of that. I really I, I like smaller, faster games. Yeah, I don't like necessarily the big. Uh, you know, spend an hour on a single game sort of things. Like I definitely enjoy CC. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's not my favorite. Kind of compounding that for just for me personally is that it's kind of hard to find a hero to really build out because you, you don't think about it. But going from like a forty card blitz deck to a seventy card CC deck, well, it's only thirty cards, but it's thirty cards. 
Yeah. And that's and, a huge difference. And you're doing duplicates of certain cards too. And so you see people running, I don't know, Command and Conquer is a great example. Or yeah. now Erase Face, right? Yeah. That's a $30 card and you want to run three of those. That's $90. The price point is a lot higher for CC. It really is. And it's a lot harder to get into. A lot more cards to be able to go. And everybody who plays in CC is already like stuck to a hero. Like you can start with a new hero and that's kind of going to help you a little bit because everyone's still learning those heroes. But for the most part, when you build a CC deck, that's like your commitment to that hero. Which is kind of a double-edged sword. On the one side, you have the opportunity to learn that hero really well to really develop your deck and your strategy and really like dig into it. On the other, as soon as it's living legended, then you're out of luck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw that with people who spent a lot of money on Starvo and now it's gone. Prism's about to leave. Chain... Like you, that was your first hero got living legend. Like it, it went, it got living legend fast With, within like a month of me picking up this game. Yeah. My favorite was gone. Yeah. And it broke my heart, man. It broke my heart. It really I is. still have not found a replacement hero. And you know what? That you're not the only one that feels that way. Right. So it's kind of, that's, I, it's kind of interesting. We could kind of pull in that conversation from the last podcast. There's another shameless plug, but we talked about the living legend status and we can go into Living Legend CC here soon too, but the Living Legend status is, it kind of stinks because you have that hero and then goes away and you're not able to play that hero anymore and so you have to start fresh. And all that time you put into that, it's a whole new thing. All the time, a, a all the, if you went out and you bought singles, like expensive singles, yeah, then all that money that you put into it yeah. is gone too, unless you can repurpose it for other things. Yeah. And, and people right now are having fun with Fi, it already has quite a few points, and so Fi is like a quarter of the way yeah. to gold. So right Fi now. could be there, gone in and out, and then that's all the stuff that I put into it, and that would make yeah. sense. They'd be like, oh, that's hard. But what's cool is they do have like multiple base parts of like so the sh- half of it. So for example, chain shadow room blade, right? You have Viserai, and you have Briar as a room blade, you're able to take a lot of those heavy cost cards for legendaries and stuff and be able to be like, I'm using it here except for like husk. Right. Well, uh, carry and husk is a big one. There are a couple of others that are relatively expensive that, uh, that work really well for chain that may or may not be yeah. compatible with the others. Um, like one of the most interesting things they do, things they do with this is because it's the class based thing. Basically, you're, you're basically it's it's an RPG card game. Yeah, basically, it really is. You're you're playing as this hero who has certain attributes, and then you do stuff in accordance with those attributes. So part of the cool thing about that is there's a lot of mix and match, like stuff that came out for Briar. I can go back and I can adapt to Viscerai if I wanted to play it that way. Right, we're going with the Rude Blades, um, but it gets a little wonky when you get really attached to something that's like a shadow card, and then you want to go and play it with a not shadow, you know, yeah. Rune Blade. Or you want to play, oh no, it's, this is for Elemental Runeblade. I can't play this with anybody but Briar. Yeah. Um, so the mixing and the matching is sort of an interesting thing, um, but some of the restrictions on it as well. Um, again, and this goes back to the deck building we were talking about, um, which is especially when talking about CC, um, is probably the most important like basic thing to have set. Yeah. Is knowing how to put your deck together. Um, so being able to sort of work that back and forth and being able to be a little bit flexible, but not super, super flexible is sort of a really interesting place for it to be, but it's also a frustrating, frankly, like I, I found a hero I really liked. I did not mean for this to become a whole complaint thing. I no, 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 we're good. I found a hero that I liked 
I was just getting into it, and I, you know, I don't make a ton of money, but I got lucky with a couple of pulls. I, I had a solid deck coming together, yeah. and it's gone. Right, and that stinks. That really stinks. However, I do think this. Here's a tip: is like CC is probably the most played format. It was 100 percent the it, most played. It format. is. It still is. Classic construction is the most played right now. We're going to see uprising and blitz. Oh, uprising. Uh, use uprising, uh, but we're gonna see blitz because skirmish season's available. But people will still want to play CC, getting ready for that pro tour. Classic yep. instructions, the main thing. And what's really awesome about this community is a lot of the people that have been playing for a year or two, typically are now rocking two to three classic construct decks. And if you just get on like a Discord channel, like Arizona's really cool. We have a Discord channel. We communicate with everybody. We have a or, couple of them actually, or, which is nice. Yeah. Or you show up to a game shop and be like, hey, I want to play, but I just don't have a hero yet. I want to try out something. Do you have an extra deck running around? They would be more than happy to be like, yes, here is Dorinthia. Here is my Briar. Here is Lexi. You try it out and see if you like it. You can borrow it for the night and just return it. Because I mean money, right? Yeah, you're not going to give it to you. That's not it's not common over here. <laughs> hmm. uh, but you will be able to pro- practice and then kind of get a taste for each hero you have, so you don't feel like you have to build the hero. You yeah. can go, you can go play a Bolton or a Fi that someone's made, which is kind of where I am with it right now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying out a few different things. Yeah, uh, sort of narrowing it down as I go. Um, some I really enjoy, some I really don't. Um, not a big Guardian or a Brute player. Yeah, um, really enjoying Rune Blades and uh, Warrior. Actually, is pretty fun. Um, as is Illusionist, not Prism so much because Prism's about to go the way of Chain and Starvo, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is really great. Two Monarch for me. heroes, though, so that's uh, pretty cool. Right, Monarch, Monarch's a great set. Uh, um, of all the sets, I think Monarch is probably my favorite. I'm not okay, cool. Lie. Cool. Um, but then uh, uh, Illusionist as well is pretty fun. Dromai. Um, summoning dragons is cool man. yeah so it's it's not like there's no options there um it's just you know it's tricky to find you know sort of what makes your heart sing you know and really we encourage people to do it i think we should live what we encourage um and that and that's what i'm trying to do right now and it's just it's heartbreaking that i found something and it's you know it was taken away yeah and but that brings us to classic constructed living legend right yes it does the goal is is we want like as more heroes get living legend so, for example, Prism's the next to go. That means that three heroes are Living Legend, and maybe there'll be five really close behind, or Viscerai with how things are going. That means we'll have four. That means it can start opening that up and being like, cool, this event, or this month for our events, we are doing Living Legend. You can bring those old heroes back, and they can compete only in this area. You can't play any of the heroes, other heroes to be able to continue having validity in there. And, of course, as you play Limited, or anything like that, you'll be able to still play the heroes even if they mm-hmm. are a living legend and stuff like which, that. Which I think is really cool, and especially with the first three that are going to be in there, because really, two heroes doesn't create a meta. Yeah. like Because you can only play one thing, basically. You just counter and the one's, other And one's a counter the other one, yeah. Exactly. Um, but you throw the third one in there, and suddenly you have like a dynamic going. And it all is made to beat Starvo, so I think like it would be interesting just to have those three. That's totally fine, though, because you know what? I- I'm ready to see Starvo be the worst thing in the meta for a second. <laughs> right, yeah. As opposed to far and away the best thing in the meta for like its yeah. entire run. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm fully looking forward to Starvo getting uh, getting his. But uh, but it, it's, it's an interesting meta because uh, Chain and Prism are going to come in and they're like, okay, Starvo, we have this covered, and now let's focus on this other one, right? Yeah. Starvo is hugely flexible. 
massively flexible with the three different elements that he can use, plus the Guardians stuff, plus the uh, generic stuff, plus all the elemental Guardians. Like, he's basically Oldham plus Bravo plus Lexi plus Briar. Yep. More or less. Um, So the flexibility there is going to create a really interesting dynamic for the first three. Um, And then whoever comes in fourth is going to shake it up, too, because I think it's I think Briar is probably next. Yeah, Briar, Viserai, or like if people with the percentage of the people playing Phi, Phi can Phi's going to get there with the next six months. Yeah, like period, full stop. (sighs) (laughs) And then I'll get to do the same thing that you are, right? You said Phi's going to mess Living Legend up. That's going to be nuts. But uh, yeah, I know, right? Because they they have to do a different band for that. Like, will it stay with that, or like? No holds barred. You can run stubby hammers. <laughs> like, Nobody cares here. Speaking of, let's finally talk about that. Oh, actually, we have one more thing. We have one more, one and more. then we'll get to the hot button news on everybody's yeah. lips these yeah. days. Yeah, right. uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the black sheep format of Flesh and Blood Ultimate Pit Fight. Ultimate Pit Fight, the ultimate casual experience. The ultimate casual experience. You, nine buddies, all playing cards together. It, and you know what? It's <laughs> We've played it once using commoner cards, yeah. right? It, uh, it was hella fun, too. It was fun a lot too. of fun. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah. It's it's a really fun uh, format, and uh, you can tell that LSS wants it to take off because a lot of their new cards are like, a hero. Like, it's very specific to say that. Yeah. So you can play it in UPF. And be able to to all do that. And if you don't know what UPF is, it's where you can have multiple people playing. I don't know if it's young. Is it a young hero? It's young, yeah. Okay. Playing a young hero, 40-card decks, just like Blitz, same rules, everything like that, except you're all playing each other. And so if you have six people, you can only attack the person to your left or the person to your right. And then you got to go from there. So, And then you kind of negotiate. Which is super fascinating. Um, yeah. It's it's double fascinating if you kind of ignore a couple of the rules and you can just like do a free for all attack anybody. Yeah. Then you can like stop after each turn and play like shifting alliances. You can pass notes back and forth. I know that. I and, mean, like, it's really it's play, super like, the fun. Angle of it. It's really fun to do that. It's just a, a more intense. Uh, a party game. You know? Exactly. And, yeah. and like party games, it really opens itself, itself up to house ruling and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, it's, it's flexible as heck. You yeah. can do anything with UPF. My, uh, shout out to my wife. Uh, my wife is a funny board game player because every time we play a party game, she finds one person she wants to gang up on and it'll be relentless. And just, and so if she was miles. playing ultimate pit fight. Like that's how it's going to be. It's like, cool. I want to make sure I just do better than that person. I don't care how much I get affected. As long as I outrun this person and the bear eats them, I'll consider myself a winner. Exactly. And so that's, that's, you're going to have players like that. It's a fun format and I hope it takes off more, but I, I think what's really cool is that it's kind of setting up for a new format that I personally am excited about. And I'm also super excited about this. So they've been talking about doing like a player versus environment style yes, game forever yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard anything about it recently, so I don't know if they're still planning on doing I, this. I believe but. they are. And like the thing is, is like we can only talk about hopes and dreams at this point, right? But like what's really awesome about Flesh and Blood and what makes me kind of draw more into this card game is they've made really cool lore that I can really get behind because we mm-hmm. have a hero I can kind of read the lore more and be excited instead of like okay. reading a card this, about like this card oh, art the is black cool. loaded <laughs> like oh my gosh like it's just like I I can read the lore about this person it's or this it's, it's not just more. random flavor text that yeah. doesn't really build to a cohesive anything it's yeah. actually a world with regions 
and the people you're playing are actually people who have an impact on this world. Yeah. So cities, all that stuff. So it, it's really interesting on what that's going to be. Like, what's a is it going to be ran by a game master type person that's able to bring in those lures and put these heroes on an environment while they draw cards and fight something, or is it more going to be kind of like Gloomhaven, where it's kind of more of a uh, we have created this book to be your game master and you just follow along and then fight this monster that we present to you every time. And so it's like ultimate pit fight against a monster, which could be cool too. I really hope it's, it's more akin to, uh, you know, <laughs> or whatever. I, 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 I full on hope that it goes <laughs> like aggressively like smungeons and smaggins, <laughs> smungeons and smaggins. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been playing smungeons and smaggins for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, and all the video games, all the tie in stuff, et cetera, et cetera. My boyfriend, shout out to my boyfriend, uh, just got me a full I saw box. Yeah, yeah. Of like old school, like seventies and eighties, like, uh, supplementals and, uh, modules and like dungeon magazine and yeah. stuff. Flipping awesome. Uh, but all that is to say that something like the game that we're talking about would be right up my alley. Right. And, like the opportunity not just to, you know, play with, you know, the lore kind of as it's structured, but to play with the world a little bit and sort yeah. of like homebrew your own things around it. Like that's an extremely appealing proposition. It'd be, me. it'd be very awesome. And it'd be interesting to how to be able to work that through. Uh, Cause I do, I think what a lot of people like those player versus environment type stuff is like to be able to, especially with Schmunger and Schmagans is to be able to, uh, if you want to hear the premium word for that, by the way, you have to subscribe. <laughs> uh, sign up for our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the future. We don't have that yet. That was a lie. Uh, so. <laughs> don't go looking for it. It's yeah, not we don't, there, we don't have promise. that yet. But like, it would be cool to be able to see that and like see how like if I could pick up uh, BFI and Volcar and be able to go around and do that, and then the game master is able to be like, all right, you're going through here, and we have this whole new story, and I can take inspiration from these old books that I have to be able to go do this in this world, and you get the lore. That would be really cool. They could do something along those lines, and I'd be really stoked on that. Something else I'd like to see is... Like if they did would go that route and there was role playing experiences and they're trying to avoid the dice rolling and using the cards, it'd be cool to see like stuff just made for the environment where it's like, oh, here is like talk to the merchant or whatever or like yeah. things like that. But they do have merchant classes, so maybe actually seeing cards for them and how. Oh, it's and genius, watch you need appears and you just play a genius out of your like the DM's hand yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, or even like uh, being able to customize the hero, like it would be interesting to be able to see like a uh, draconic warrior. And so they right. tell you like, okay, you're allowed to play draconic cards in your deck. Draconic's main base is this. So that means you get these kind of extra abilities and now warrior, their whole thing is the weapons. And so you're able to play warrior cards. You may not have draconic warrior, but you're able to play with that now because you've made this hero. That's kind of customizable to you and it's up to you. So maybe a, a book or a guide on that would be really interesting, but that's like, if they were decided to make it more like Schmunch right? I really do think we're going to have more of like a boss battle, maybe a little story of explaining of things with just cards and being able to play those decks, be able to fight an environment. Yeah, that it'll, it'll likely. I, I don't know if you ever played any there. Hearthstone, um, but Hearthstone yeah. has some modules that are like story driven, and it's like, here's the setup. Here you have to, you know, play this card, this game against this NPC. Yeah. And the NPC has a theme or a gimmick or something. And then you win and then you get to like choose a treasure or something along those yeah. lines, and then progress on through. And it's fun. 
I've, you know, I've, I've bought a couple of modules back in the day. I've never bought a single booster pack for Hearthstone, but I bought yeah. the modules because the modules are entertaining. And it's fun. There's a lot of replay value, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, but really, I, I prefer to party up and venture forth and just have a night of playing this PvE flesh and blood game uh, with a GM and some friends. Yeah, and it, and it can lead to a lot of cool opportunity. I know we're ranting a lot about this thing that doesn't exist yet, but we're, it's just we're, we're both powerfully... Uh, powerfully opinionated about this sort of thing <laughs> but it'd be just so cool to be able to have kind of like hey here's like some supplements that everyone can play and it's actually just telling you the story of like the next set yeah like, that would be cool too. be like all right i'm playing pve and like there's a pve event armory that happens once a month and everyone's playing the same story that night and we all kind of get a hint at like what's happening next. Exactly. And that would be a really cool sort of thing. Tease what's That'd be a cool experience. That would, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'd be a really interesting twist on sort of the, the standard, you know, one V one. We're going to battle each other at these events and that's going to be what we rate and everything. Yeah. If, uh, if you end up rating like the PVE events and it's like, you get more points for, you know, doing well or, helping the party out or something like that instead of just, oh, well, you you kill the other person harder than they killed you. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, something like that could be really interesting too. But so I, I'm really hopeful for the PvE. Mind. Yeah. Really hopeful. That's that's pretty much it for like those formats, right? So we have, again, the most common one is casual, or sorry, not casual. Uh, classic casual, casual constructed. Uh, classic constructed. And then we have, of course, we have uh, Blitz, Commoner, UPF and then later on PVE. Those are kind of the main formats that you can kind of go into. And the one that you're going to, that you're eventually going to play the most of, uh, unfortunately to some people <laughs> or please see my previous people, salt is, about is all classic of this. Constructed. That's the most competitive one they have. It's, right the, it's the most competitive. The most people are playing it. Um, and it, it offers the most opportunity for flexible deck building and playing with strategies, whereas Blitz and Commoner tend to favor more aggressive play. In Classic Constructed, you can really take your time. You can build out a control or a stall deck really effectively. Um, and you have the space and you have the time to execute those strategies. Yep. Um, so if you want to try out wacky things, CC is your, is, is your buddy. If you just want to play really fast, get a couple games in on your lunch break, maybe check out Blitz or Commoner. Um, if, uh, you have too many people and you need something to do, play UPF. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's pretty much it. So now we've, we've hinted at the whole time. We've danced around it. Stubby hammers got banned. Stubby hammers. Stubbies. Yeah. Phi, uh, ended up being really, really good, uh, using that combination of art of war, stubby hammers and, uh, um, soaring embers or whatever it's called the other card. Yeah. And so they, they were able to really push out 40 damage and LSS came out and said that we were really stoked that for a season you were able to use stubby hammers and now we're banning it because they were just kind of like, we didn't see you using this item as much as maybe like Shuko. And so now <laughs> it's surprisingly the five cent option is more popular than the $200 yeah. option. And so it was able to one shot kill people on classic constructed. And it's, it's kind of wild. I mean, it was already pre banned for blitz because they knew something like that could happen, yep. but they didn't they foresee it being really creative and doing something as big as what it was doing in classic constructed, which seems kind of silly to me, but what do I know? I don't design card games. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, like, uh, pulling off 40 damage is a hard feat, but it was happening more consistently than not. You know? Exactly. And, yeah. and, and and taking out the, the, the piece that really made that combo possible, 100%, great, good job, everybody. I'm still really annoyed about it. 
because I am a broke man. Yeah. I don't have money to spend on this stuff. I can't go out and, like, and buy, you know, the $100, $150, $200 cards and, yeah. you know, use them. They would go in a glass display case that I would pass down to my grandchildren. <laughs> like, Stubby Hammers was great because it had great utility. You could play it basically in any deck and it would have some versatility and some, yep. and some, and some use. It was cheap and easy to get. And it just, it, when somebody saw stubbies on your field, it made them react a certain way. So you could play mind games with them. Like yep. if you didn't really need your arm slot for this matchup, you just run stubs and they're like, Oh no, they're going to hit me a bunch. So I better block stuff. Or and that's half the game, stuff. right? Is the mind. Games and exactly. Half, half, half the battle is getting in the opponent's head. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on a couple of fronts, it's not so great. But. Yeah. So do you think this is going to affect Fi and his playability? Do you think it's going to make people jump off of him? Um, I overall don't think so. Um, I think that it is going to affect the effectiveness of Fi a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, li- like you were uh, like you were talking about being able to get off those, you know, 40 damage turns relatively consistently um, is going to definitely shake things up a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Fi is powerful enough just on his own that taking three turns instead of one turn isn't going to be a huge, like... Right. And especially running Shuko, like, over time, you're going to get that damage back that right, you would have exactly. been able to do. But also, like, if you're running Art of War and the uh, the card that keeps soaring embers or whatever, I keep renaming it, but if you're <laughs> running those cards, you're doing plus two for all your cards that turn. So so really, so you're the, still just getting... The, the extra plus one from Stubbs is not it's super not that necessary. Yeah, you're just paying a little extra resources and going ham, and it's not... So oh, wow. how much do we think that this is like a knee-jerk reaction from LSS to prevent another Starvo situation? Because when Starvo was big and like burning up the meta, as far as I understand it, and I've only been in the game for a couple of months at this point, so I do not have full historical context here. Yeah. Somebody who's been involved in this in the comments or on the tweet or whatnot, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, but they seem very hands-off when it was Starvo time. Um, they seem very happy to sort of let the meta shake itself out, let Starbo just rocket up the yeah. up, up the up the Living Legends list and be good to go. So, how much do we think this is a knee jerk reaction uh, to Fi sort of starting to do that same thing, and LSS wanting to avoid the inevitable comparisons and the like? Oh well, this is going to be just like Starbo. They're not going to do anything. I guess we'll just all play Fi. Yeah, no, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think what happened with Starbo was it wasn't even. There wasn't a lot they could do to ban anything except for ban Starvo, and I don't think they wanted to ban a hero because that means they could just start banning heroes. You know, it goes against their whole yeah. non-rotation. They made sort of Starvo thing. being really, really strong, and people found combinations that they probably missed when they were testing because they it was planned do. right. Yep, and they were like, "Wow, cool! They can effectively do this all the time, and we just have to buckle down and let this happen." With Fi, they're at least able to can mitigate one thing. And that would be through stubbies. And it makes sense. Like, it's a reaction to be like, okay, we don't want a Starbucks situation to happen where the hero goes away. We already preemptively banned stubbies. So it's not as weird for us to be like, okay, we see you and we ban it because they already were like, it's going to be crazy. And so wh- I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot doing that because it was like, they're banning stubbies for a reason. It's for fine. And we know it's for fine. So let people start testing it faster to be able to go out there and do that stuff. Yeah. They should have just been preemptive and been like, yeah, we banned stubbies from all formats right off the bat, just because they knew it was going to be broken in blitz or something. But I do think it's a reaction and they, it was bigger than they thought. And, they, and I'm not mad about it. I think it was fine because they did, you know, well, it's, it's not like, you, you, it's not like you can ban art of war. 
at this point. Yeah, it's a $50 car. People would be bummed if that was banned. Uh, th- people would be infuriated. Yeah. I just spent $150 on stuff I can't even play anymore. And I'd be like, ha, ha, ha. Right? I don't have one. So, this is what you get for playing expensive tier, my friend. Yeah. Come down here to the broke tier. Yeah. It's much nicer. Me sitting over here with my erase faces. Ooh. Yeah, right. I have Vilox. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's cool. So I I think it was a good ban, and uh, I'm excited to see kind of what, what it does if it kicks people off of Fi. I don't think it will too much. Shuko actually pulled a lot of there, weight by running those yellows. So it, that was kind of cool. It really, really does. Um, there may be a little bit of drop off, uh, but not nearly enough to stop him on his meteoric rise through the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Fi's just too good. Fi's just good. good. Easy to pick up, entertaining to play. And I, and the skill set for Fi. Skill set for Fi. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to play Fi. You really don't. It's just, really, just get go again. Over just and go, over go. again. Count to four, hit your rupture, turns over. Yeah, Have a har- good day. The hardest counter for Fi is a deck that's more complicated, which is Lexi. Olden. Uh no. Honestly, I don't I there's a way. I I honestly don't believe Fi just produces way too many hits for Oldham at all. Like, because Oldham blocks for six, seven, blah, blah, blah. But it's not, it's, you're getting attacked for a billion times. Fi's going to fatigue Oldham. See, the see, Oldham's gonna fatigue him. People make that mistake. They think that Oldham just needs to be big blocks, just big tanky boy. You don't need to do that. There I'm just going off of what there. people do. There is depth there that the meta hasn't caught on to yet, but I guarantee you we're going to see Oldham get very popular as a Fi counter. We will see Oldham get popular. I, I know we will, but I also think right now the biggest threat is Lexi and Lexi's complex. And it's Lexi's hard. rough. Yeah, Lexi is complex. and so Rangers, are, Rangers are difficult. R- Rangers are a difficult class to get your head around. <laughs> I almost like did the... I don't know why, but my brain immediately was like, Ranger, Hunger Games. I was just like... <laughs> you know, like <laughs> let's go Rangers. Like, oh man, Good and, old and that's a sign that we should probably wrap up. No, for the night. No, Matt, no, no. Well, I mean, before we go, we have our last segment, right? Which is lessons learned. Lessons learned, everybody. Lessons our recurring learned. segment that we one hundred percent do every week. We did it last week. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. I was like, are you being sarcastic here, Greg? Only if I can be. <laughs> so, Greg, what was your lesson learned this past week? Oh, Washington? man. The biggest lesson that I learned this past week is that choosing the stupid hero stuff is hard. Like, that's that's really where I am right now. Like, I've, I've got a couple commoner decks, and we're doing okay in the commoner leagues that we play and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, I've got a Blitz deck coming together for this next skirmish season. Uh, chain is still legal in uh, Blitz, so I'm running Chain. Yep. Um, shameless plug number 97 or whatever. Check out the YouTube channel, because eventually there's going to be deck techs of both Matt and my deck yep. uh, up there. Uh, so you Bolton's can see, up there now, so, so you check can it out. see what the pros are up to, <laughs> uh, or at least the worst of the pros. Um but for but for CC for for my quote unquote like real deck, yeah, I don't know what to do. There there are three or four heroes that I'm kind of like flirting with, mm-hmm. but I haven't really like taken the plunge with any of them yet. You're taking them out on a date. It, well, we we've been sort of casually dating. Nothing like we haven't, we haven't put any we haven't like put a term on it yet. Yeah, yeah. We haven't discussed what we're calling it. You yeah. know, we're still at that stage. Um. Which is awkward, and it's a difficult place to be in because I want to try all these different decks. And we're lucky to be here in uh, in Central Arizona. We have a fantastic community. We have a lot of people who are like ready to help you test and everything. Um, but I can never make the schedules work out, and I'm just sitting here with like these ideas, but I don't have five thousand dollars to go blow on singles. <laughs> yeah, 
in order to be really competitive, you have to have cards of a certain caliber. Yeah. Or you have to just go totally bonkers with your deck buildings. That's something that nobody will expect. But the ones that I'm thinking of, for the most part, there's not that much you can do with it. Yeah. There's there's not much you can do with Dromai, for example, other than, you know, dragons. We. Right. And that's the most, that's the best asset. You can, you can do weird stuff with Dromai, but it's not good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of in this weird, like interstitial area. It's like a, it's like a bus station at 2 AM. <laughs> so the lesson learned is just, it's, it's hard to pick the hero. So lesson learned is that it's, it's difficult to pick your hero, but, and, and this is the real lesson here, folks. So write this part down, but it's okay to take that time. You don't want to rush into something that you're going to end up being unhappy with, especially if you're going to go down the singles route and buy a bunch of cards for it. Mm -hmm. You really want something that's going to connect with you. And so that's where I am right now, just sort of playing around some strategies and finding what connects with me, which is a really rewarding process, even though it is frustrating. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So there's a lesson. Take your time. Make your heart sing. I love it. I feel, like, I feel like we should do like a musical number now. Like oh, we, should have, we should have strings swell in the background uh, or something. Yeah, we should. Especially while I... Flesh uh, and blood. Flesh and lessons learned. Uh, my lesson learned. You ready for this one? Hit me, baby. All what right. you got? Uh, practice makes better. Practice makes better. Beautiful. Three yep. words. Practice makes better. Synced. Yep. Looks great on a thumbnail it's not or perfect. a title card. Makes better. And it's stupid. Like, I hate this phrase. But uh, <laughs> but the thing is... I is it, like, but it's true. Like, I've been kind of focused on building my Blitz deck for Skirmish Season, all that stuff, and so I haven't been playing or paying attention to Fi for Classic Instructed, and, like, I go back and I look at my Fi deck and I go, like, ah, crap, like, I've been I've been kind of obsessed in this area and I haven't been playing Fi, I'm, like, rusty again, like, I've lost my practice. Yeah. I need to make sure I keep practicing so I can continuously know what I'm doing with that hero and know kind of the flow of it. So I don't regret making my blitz deck, but I, maybe I should have made a five blitz deck, and maybe I will for like the next skirmish because I just wanted, I wanted to prove a point with this one, you know? Like <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to try on this. A one. man's honor was on the line. <laughs> I said words, and I needed to live by those words. <laughs> but like uh, practice makes better. Like uh, making sure I get my practice sessions in, even if it's just like pulling four cards and just like doing that, is is really good to be able to like always constantly think about patterns and what to do with the game and really build up your skill set with your hero. And, and especially with a game that's, that's fairly complicated, like Flesh and Blood yeah. is. Like, when you really stop, like, when you're in it, like, you can pick it up fairly quick. But when you start thinking about it in, like, deeper levels, it gets very complicated very quickly. Yeah. Um, so especially with something like that, l letting your skills get a little rusty, um, you could probably, you know, go into a local and do pretty okay. Yeah. But below where you know that you need to be. So take the time, right, and work the rust off. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely need to. And also, like, the other lesson, like, the, the second lesson was, like, uh, don't make changes on your deck that you want to make. Yeah. That not the general population wants to. Because, like, I kind of am bummed. Like, even though I'm running out of war and I know it's good and fine now and all that stuff. Like, it, it kind of just, just makes you go, like, feel good. Man, you know, I have these other cards. And I like these cards. And I liked how it flowed. And I understood this deck. And maybe I could pull some wins. But if I can't, I do need to find a solution. And so I just making sure I take the time of what cards I want to lose. Because, like, you do get attached to your strategy and have to rethink your entire strategy just by removing, like, five or six cards. Bottom tier, top tip, everybody. Don't be afraid to make changes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways, guys, uh, that has been our podcast. It's yep. been our time. We've, we've, gone, we've gone on weird tangents, but we talked about <laughs> uh, the tiers and how to play, and we, we kind of went on what we think we would like from player versus environment. It was good, though. I, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm just let you know, I don't know what your ear holes are listening to. But if you like them, great. Please never refer to them as my ear holes again. I, I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> well, if your ear crevices. It's actually worse. How is that worse? If your ear crevices <laughs> loved what we said, make sure you leave us a review uh, anywhere that you listen. Like, subscribe. Go to our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe there. Anything like that. Leave us a comment. We'd love to read it on the show. And we just are grateful for anything uh, that you guys send our way. But again, this has been Bottom Tier. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. This has been Greg. This is Matt. And thank you so much, guys, for being here. We will see you next time. And that's the end of our show. Da, 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 da.